Hello and welcome to another edition of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. This is Lawrence Clay. I'm the host for today's episode, which is once again being recorded from the Clio Cloud Conference, this time in Nashville, Tennessee, the Volunteer State. And I am so excited because my very first interview, my first up here is about the Legal Trends Report, of course, one of my favorites, actually my favorite report that comes out annually for the legal profession. And I have two incredible experts here to join us to talk about it. So I have joining me, I have Rio Peterson from Clio. She's also known as uh, Rio from Clio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have Joshua Lennon, a uh, lawyer in residence at Clio. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, coming by and uh, discussing this. It's the 2022 report. Got a lot of interesting mm-hmm. things came out. I read it cover to cover mm-hmm. and uh, I think really fascinating. And I think it's really important to begin this conversation, you know, just about uh, what this report is, how it's built, uh, where it comes from, because it mm-hmm. is unique to the legal profession space. So mm-hmm. if we want to start with that, just kind of give people the skinny. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been publishing the Legal Trends Report on an annual basis since 2016. When we first published it, we realized we had something very unique, and that was data that was being contributed by tens of thousands of legal professionals across the United States. And when I say data, I'm not talking about their case files or their communications, but just how they use Clio, like what their billable hour rate is being set at, how many hours end up on a bill, whether or not they're using certain features. These are all things that we need to know internally for support and security mechanisms. But when we view them in an anonymized aggregate whole, you start to see these amazing patterns appear. And this was access to data that had never existed before in the legal industry. And so in 2016, when we published things like the average hourly rate for law firms by state, it was something that Prior to that, you maybe asked a couple guys down the hall what they were charging, and you hope they got it right. Uh, and now you could actually see by state, by practice area, and sometimes even by metropolitan area, what the average hourly rate was. And we began to draw out more and more conclusions with each year, including now the 2022 Legal Trends Report. Mm-hmm. Although that data often raises more questions than answers. And so we had to supplement that. Yeah, absolutely. So we do supplement with uh, surveys of legal uh, professionals. So we're talking about Clio customers, non-Clio customers, but ultimately professionals who are practicing in the legal space. And we also do surveys of legal consumers. So those who have been clients and those who are potentially looking to become clients. And that really helps us to fill in those gaps that, you know, come about from the data. We, you don't always get all your questions answered, you know, it's not a perfect world, but yeah. so we supplement with our survey data and that kind of helps us fill in some of those missing pieces. Yeah. Data yeah. tells us what, but it doesn't tell us why. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of data, I would like to say that uh, no client data was harmed in the creation of the Clio Legal Trends report. So it's no. anonymized. So that nobody, nobody's getting, uh, you know, the what's being worked on. None of that's getting out in the open. This we've is just some, anonymized right. data. Yeah, we've got some really strong uh, technical and contractual constraints right. on accessing that data. And we stand by those. Yep, Absolutely. Well, let's pivot. So uh, real important talk, of course, Jack, founder, CEO, Cleo, uh, got up there, uh, did his keynote this morning and was talking mm-hmm. about where we are today. I mean, worldwide. I mean, we were coming out of a pandemic, as we all know, and last yeah. time we were all together was 2019. <laughs> yeah. So feels like a bit of a time warp there, but uh, mm-hmm. we've got some global uncertainty. We've got a looming recession. Uh, mm-hmm. People are beginning to feel, we've got some 
troubled times ahead. It's the world we live in, you know? And so anyway, with that in mind, you know, I just want my next question I want to pivot into is where are we with the legal profession right now? A lot of things have been going on. Yeah. yeah. So interestingly, it's a boom time for the legal profession. Mm -hmm. When we compared the data that we're seeing in Clio back to the before times of 2019, uh, we find that uh, matters, the, the types of cases that are coming into law firms have increased by approximately 25%. We see that they're billing more hours and passing those billed hours onto clients at a higher rate of 35 and 36% compared to 2019. And they're collecting more revenue. Mm -hmm. It's up 45% compared to 2019. In fact, the average law firm in our data set is seeing 10% more business and 31% more revenue than they were back in 2019. So this may be times of uncertainty for the world, but for lawyers, things are looking good. I don't know if that bodes well for our profession uh, in terms of <laughs> reputation, but uh, well, let's uh, let's discuss the. Uh, so uh, it's known more popularly as the Great Resignation, or in law, I like to call it the Big Lateral. So what's going on there? We had a bunch of people leave jobs for different jobs. Right, that's exactly it. What we're seeing is that roughly about thirty percent of lawyers have either made a change within the last twelve months or are looking to make a change within the next six months. And that's very interesting because typically lawyers can be a little bit risk averse. I mean, naturally, that's nature of the profession. But for the first time, we're seeing that they're starting to identify, you know, parts of their working environment, things that they don't like or things that aren't working for them. They're starting to identify those and taking steps to change them. They're looking for increased flexibility in their working hours. They're looking to work from home more. They're looking to make adjustments that are going to help them achieve a work-life balance, which is honestly for one of the first times something that they're starting to focus on. So... Yeah, 37% of lawyers that changed or are changing jobs said that work-life balance was one of the motivating factors. Mm -hmm. And so law firms that are looking to retain talent need to seriously consider work-life balance as a part of their operations. Excellent, excellent. So uh, one of the things that was unique about uh, this report was there was a study about work. And mm -hmm. so obviously, as we all uh, kind of uh, duck and hid during the pandemic, <laughs> yeah. everybody working at home, you know, remote work became the thing. And uh, now, you know, businesses are beginning to call people back and people aren't wanting to go back. And right. so you all did a study on this. And so what do we know? So how much work is being done? Where is it being done? What do we know today? So more work is being done than ever, but where it's being done is different. We looked at IP addresses as a part of our security protocol. And when we anonymized and aggregated those, we assumed that any IP address with three or more Clio subscribers at it was an office. It's some type of shared workplace. And in 2020, the numbers dropped dramatically. People just weren't working together anymore. And what we've seen is that those numbers have never come back to their 2019 levels. There's been a 10% drop overall for both lawyers and non-lawyer professionals on where they work. And it's no longer exclusively from the office. In fact, we've discovered there are now four different types of work environments that law firms are operating in. They're office exclusive, which very quickly bounced back after the lockdown to 2020. They went from like 99% time in the office to 98. It's, it's mm -hmm. you know, a blip. Then we have mostly office where you do see these people come together. They work consistently in the office. And then there are people who are working outside of the office, uh, mostly lawyers. And so that could be accounting for court time. It could be the home office. Then there are the people who are mostly digital and they haven't really changed. They were digital before and they're continuing to be that. 
The group that we saw the biggest change in is what we're calling hybrid. And they're a group that was mostly office focused, but since have flipped and they're now operating in a digitally distributed environment. And they're looking like the early adopters to a trend to us. They're modeling what law firms can be rather than what law firms were and what people might be trying to get back to. So related, uh, this, this remote working model and you know, this work-life balance and these lines have been blurred. And one of the, uh, one of the, the factors that you all focused on in your, in your work study was how much of this work was being done outside of regular, uh, regular hours. And so mm-hmm. there was a psychological study that came in here. So there's some work satisfaction issues here. Uh, people mm-hmm. are stressed out. So can we talk a little bit about that? Because I was surprised. I thought, you know, based on the breakdown that you all had, that the senior associates, you know, uh, long in their career would not be putting in this outside the normal regular business hour time, but they are, just like the uh, junior associates. So let, mm-hmm. walk us through that and what's going on and some of the psychological impact. So we took a look at when lawyers told us they preferred to work and then when they were actually working. And we broke that down by role. And so as you talked about, yeah, you can see in the report that senior associates are really digging in. And that may actually be driving the junior associates to be working longer hours as well, right? They want to be available. They want to be accessible. Things that are landing on their desk at 6 p.m. that need to be done by tomorrow morning. So And the boss is there. You better be there. You better be there. (laughs) That's absolutely right. Uh, And what we found as a part of this research is that there's a group of lawyers that's always working. It might be early in the morning when they're starting around 7 a.m. We see about 20% of our users are working that early for their local time zone. And then they might also be working later after 6 p.m. There's another 20% of users that is working late into the evening. And so lawyers are having to stretch out their days to either meet their obligations, to catch up, or to find time to work so they have space for other things in their lives. And that's why we see that, well, how many lawyers want to choose their own hours? 76% of lawyers actually want to choose their own hours. So it's a significant amount. And there's also 49% who want to choose where they want to work. So what we're seeing is that they've kind of gotten used to these things over the pandemic, had a little bit more flexibility, and they're wanting to continue that. And it really goes a long way to contributing to a work-life balance and overall satisfaction with their job and performance. Yeah, these are big changes that are on the horizon. Yeah. I thought one of the funny things was is that there, there was definitely a tendency for lawyers wanting to pick their own hours, and mm-hmm. there's also this tendency, I want to work normal hours, but I don't want to work normal hours. <laughs> so it's kind <laughs> yeah. of just no. self-fulfilling prophecies yes. there. But uh, yes. Well, I think we're all finding that there are just certain things that's impossible to do right. during the mm-hmm. workday and yeah. vice versa, right? If I need to run to the bank to deal with a personal banking matter, it's got to be during bank hours. Mm-hmm. And that means if I work in one of these distributed law firms, I can shift my work to accommodate that, right? I still get my work done, but it might be you know at seven o'clock at night when the bank is closed. Mm-hmm. And what we also see in this report is there is a desirability for clients to have some after business hour access, either on nights or weekends. And there's a certain group of lawyers who are leaning into that and trying to meet that need at the same time. So this pick when you work is both for the lawyer's benefits, but it can also be for the client's benefits at the same time. Well, let's use that as a point to transition on. So hireability. So um, obviously sometimes there can be a little bit of a divide between what the lawyer expects is going to make them hireable versus what the client is expecting from their lawyer. So let's talk about the hireability factors you all focused on. 
So as part of this year's research, we looked at six hireability factors. So we looked at things like online reviews, the location of the law firm, uh, what type of office they had. And we asked clients to rate which was most influential in their decision to hire a law firm. 52% of the influence was held in five-star reviews. Mm -hmm. So we're no longer looking at a friend or a family recommending a law firm, but people actually turning towards these third-party sources like Google My Business or mm -hmm. Avvo or Yelp to see have people had a good experience with this law firm. The next highest impact factor was location. So about 47% of clients wanted a lawyer within their own city but there were quite a number who were willing to accept a lawyer farther away. 37% were fine with a lawyer just being inside their state, mm -hmm. and 31% were fine with a lawyer being anywhere, so long as they were licensed to handle their problem. And so what we're seeing is location and nearness from a geographic sense is becoming less and less important. Mm -hmm. When we asked how important is it for a law firm to have like a nice office as a part of your hiring decision, less than 1% of clients said that had any influence at all. In fact, when we gave them the choice between a lawyer with a home office or a lawyer with a commercial real estate office, it was virtually tied. Uh, it was 49 to 51% on preferences one way or the other. And so I think clients are really looking more now at service mm -hmm. and outcomes than they are at the trappings of being a lawyer. Yeah, so lawyers out there, nobody wants to hang out at your office or for that matter, the <laughs> dentist's office either. So don't, you know, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good to know. It's good to know because, you know, I think a lot of people got into those like trappings of success. You want that to sort yeah. of exude the type of quality work you do. But it seems yeah. like the uh, the consumers caught up there and said it doesn't really matter. You know, in fact, they're probably paying a lot for that overhead. So that's uh, ending up on my billable. I don't want that. Right. So, yeah, we know yes. that uh, rent or real estate is the second biggest expense for most law firms. Mm -hmm. And so if you can scale that back, that's huge. And then if that means that you have, you know, a group of your lawyers who are working from home part time uh, and maybe hot desk when they come into the office, you still have that nice meeting room for your client. That's a huge savings compared to having to keep an office for every lawyer, cubicles for every paralegal. Right. And it just adds up in space, much less having room for a law library. Mm -hmm. It's just not important anymore. All right, well, let's close it on this last question. And this is the uh, the focal point that I want uh, lawyers out there to uh, tune into out there. If you've got your own firm or, or you help manage one, this is a great report for KPIs, those key performance indicators. And so you can get information out there that's unique, uh, unique to the profession. And this is something you can plug in right away to your practice, at least give you some guardrails uh, to kind of plan, uh, you know, plan your budget and things like that. So let's talk about those uh, those critical KPIs that y'all feature in this this report. And there's several of them. I mean, they mm -hmm. you change a little bit from year to year, and you can still grab. I know it goes back to 2016, but a lot of that is still relevant today. Oh, and absolutely. so several uh, additions. So let's talk about the KPIs. Yeah, absolutely. So it's interesting that what we have uh, observed is that we've been tracking KPIs since 2016, and they've actually remained relatively consistent over those last six years. But this year, we did see an increase in utilization rate, realization rate, and collection rate. And while these increases, they're not massive, they're not huge, they are small incremental increases, but they do add up to huge gains. For example, we saw collection rate go from 1.6 hours in 2021, so lawyers are collecting on about 1.6 hours of an eight-hour workday. We saw that number increase to two full hours. So. They got the message. <laughs> yeah. They got the message. So it's interesting because, you know, a 
a 0.4, 0.5, half an hour increase, it translates to about two and a half hours, you know, in a week. But mm -hmm. if your billable rate is, say, $300, you're now getting $750 more per week. Or, say, to put that another way, $36,000 in additional revenue per year. So these small incremental increases are having a huge impact on uh, law firms and their bottom line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so our utilization rate saw a 6% year-over-year increase. It's the largest we've ever seen. Mm -hmm. And while that seems small, right, uh, when you think about inflation being at 8%, right, every little bit helps. Mm -hmm. And so lawyers are now starting to focus more on what is billable work rather than what it is running a law firm. Mm -hmm. And they're delegating those tasks and activities, maybe to non-lawyer professionals, maybe to technology services like Clio. Mm -hmm. But all of that is adding up to what we think is a substantial gain in collected revenue. As we yeah. said, the average law firm has seen 31% more revenue than they did in 2019. Right, which is a significant increase. I also want to mention the uh, the billable rates comparisons. Y'all uh, break out a couple different ways. Let's share that before we close it up. Yeah, within the Legal Trends Report itself, we actually have tables of different billable rates by practice area and by state. And you can see those KPIs that Rio worked through, the utilization rate, the collection rate, and realization rate. You can see what our benchmarks for your particular practice area as well. And so you're able to then take these and figure out, am I charging the right amount, mm -hmm. right? Am I spending my time productively? Are my collections below average, which means that I might need to invest some time in better ways for my clients to pay the law firm mm -hmm. so that I'm not having to hunt down these late bills all the time? Right. Uh, all of this information is available as a part of the Clio Legal Trends Report, which is available at clio.com forward slash LTR. Well, we've reached the end of the road for this episode. I want to thank Rio Peterson and Joshua Lennon for joining us today. And also, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app and also recommend this show to a friend. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road, Legal Talk Network. I'm Lawrence Glennie, signing off. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. <laughs>